0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Let's get to our next guest. We have a lot of ground to cover with him. It's Jim Nagy, friend of the show. He's the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Jim, are you in Mobile, Alabama, or somewhere warm right now?
2: <laughs> I I am. It's been in like the low eighties recently. We've been setting some record highs in like the mid to low eighties. So yes, um, it's been warm. It's dipped. We we had tornadoes roll through last night, and it's dipped a little bit, but. Yes. I have a vest on Andrew. So so (laughs) of course you do. We, 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 we broke the vest out today.
1: Wow. Um, I mean, Jim, you spent a long time in the NFL as a scout. What, what was the thoughts, uh, in the building behind the scenes about these cold weather games? How much did the coaches talk about it? How much was it a factor?
2: Yeah. You know, when I worked in places like green Bay and Seattle and Kansas city and new England, I never worked for a warm weather (laughs) team. That's for sure. Um, we always, you know, the teams I work for, we liked it because we felt like we did have an advantage because we practiced in it and you lived in it and you didn't just practice. I mean, you, you rode around, you dropped your kids up at school. I mean, you had to live in that kind of weather. So I do think they have a little bit of an advantage. But, um, you know, to me, weather is always an equalizer. So if, it's, if you're looking at two a little unbalanced rosters, if one, team, if one roster looks clearly better than the other, um, sometimes they can even that out.
3: Talking to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Jim, tell people where you are in the Senior Bowl invite process. And also, who is eligible for the Senior Bowl? It's not just seniors, correct?
2: Correct, correct. No, that's a, a misconception. It was uh, the, league, the league put a rule out. I, it's probably close to 10 years ago now that if juniors graduate um, before the Senior Bowl, so in December, um, they are eligible. And we've, we've taken full advantage of that rule the last couple of years. That's been a huge point of emphasis for us is identifying which guys those are because right now I'm trying to build the roster out and I can't invite these juniors until they actually graduate until they actually declare um so you can't you can't invite 120 125 seniors and then be left with uh you know then have 15 juniors come out that can play and not have a roster spot for them so that's a little bit of the roster management part we're going through right now um you know we, we're getting close I think we're at 118 on the final roster right now we're trying to get into that mid-120s range, really, at every position. We feel good at every position, um, you know, even at quarterback. We, we've got a big announcement coming up. Hopefully the next day or so, the, the quarterback wants to do, uh, like, an announcement with his school. And I understand that. He's he's a big-name guy, and he wants to go out the right way with his university. Um, you know, and then, and then we've probably got one more quarterback spot, and we, we'll be close to done.
1: Does his name rhyme with Schmeish Young? Or is it
3: or is Bill Bevis? <laughs> um Wait, actually, Jim, I'm forgetting you know, I obviously you don't want to say the name, but Bryce Young's a junior, but I read that he'd graduated, so he probably would be eligible if he declares for the NFL draft.
2: Yes, he he would be. And I've I've started that process. I've at least I've had the conversation with his dad, Craig, uh who Andrew, you and I were around a couple summers ago in yeah. Santa Monica at that at that quarterback retreat. Um, so, so we've spoken about it and why I think the game makes sense for, Craig, or for, for Bryce. I think, I'm sure there's some people out there who would say, why would he, why would he do that? Why would he play in an all-star game? Um, well, there's no injury risk. We're not hitting the quarterback, that's for sure, um, especially in practice. And then, uh, you know, I think for him, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the downside of, of the lack of size at quarterback, I think most people is, associate lack of size with lack of arm strength. And that's that's definitely not the case with Bryce. I mean, nobody's a bigger uh, Mac Jones fan than I am. We had Mac in the game a couple years ago. But when Bryce was a freshman, you know, backing up Mac, and he would get in games in garbage time late against, you know, the Vandys of the world, I mean, you could see an uptick in arm strength um, in, in, in ball velocity. So that that, that was my point to, to Bryce's dad is, hey, let him show that arm off to maybe some decision makers that didn't get a chance to get to Tuscaloosa a lot of these GMs are, are so busy in the fall, they don't get to a lot of college games. And then, and then the other point being, he raised, you and I, like I said, you and I were around him, Andrew. Um, they yeah. raised a great young man. Oh, yeah. He's smart, he's, he's smart off the charts. So to me, anytime a player is going to interview that well with teams, to me, it, it behooves that player to just be around these guys as much as possible. Um, put yourself out there. And, and again, in a year where a guy like CJ Stroud, Will Levis, I mean, that's probably going to be Bryce's competition up there at the top of the draft. You know, CJ can't come here. CJ didn't graduate, and and we'll see what's going to go on with with Will Levis. Um, but that's the pitch. We'll see if it works. But um, but yeah, Bryce is a guy that could play in the game.
1: Jim, if you were a general manager of an NFL team and you need a quarterback, and it's Bryce, it's CJ Stroud, Will Levis, who would you draft?
2: Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, the good thing is I don't. I, if uh-huh. I was making that, if I was making a GM salary, I might tell you. <laughs> but uh, they're, not, they're not paying me enough. They're, they're, the thing is, the good thing is for these GMs, um, it, is, it is pretty clear to find lines between strengths and weaknesses for all, the, for all three of those guys. Um, they're, they're none, none of the three are similar. Um, you know, they're different people. They have different skill sets on the field. It, it's just going to come down to what that team values the position um, so again I'm I'm dodging your question cuz I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a couple of these guys in the senior bowl. Um but but they are going to Well, maybe go, how about all- this way?
1: Jim, maybe like just quickly but with those top 3 guys, biggest positive and biggest hurdle or biggest, you know, thing they have to work on with between like biggest positive, biggest negative. I don't want to sound negative, but you know, their biggest strength and weakness for those 3.
2: Sure. Um they all throw it well, so that's that, I mean they all have you know, good or better arm strength. So that's one. They all have clear, clear, defined positives when it comes to as throwers. Um, I think Will Levis, a lot of people have, have used the, the Josh Allen comparison. Um, again, I don't, I don't like getting into the comparison game too much, but he does have all the tools. I mean, he's a big, strapped up, good looking guy. He can really throw it. He's mobile. Um, he's extremely tough. He played through a lot of injuries that some people don't know about this year um which what he's dealing with right now um just just talking just talking to him um so that that that's that's Will's stuff i mean he's got his best football i think he's ahead of him i think with bryce it's just how he's wired um one of our scouts said that he's got the right nervous system and i, I think that's well put um he just he's he's very calm he's just a cool character um he's very accurate he's extremely smart and then the obvious knock with bryce's size there's nothing he can do about that um and it's not an arm strength thing it's it's more of a durability question and and again, in a league that's more violent um, and the collisions are heavier, um, uh, there's just going to be a roll of the dice for whatever team takes him. I mean, that's just – it is what it is. There's no getting around that. Um, and then with Stroud, I haven't studied him as much because he's not eligible. Um, but just watching him throw it live a couple, a couple summers ago at that camp, um, I immediately jumped on Twitter like I do sometimes these days. And um, yeah. it was when, it was when uh, Justin Fields was leaving. And it was, uh, it was the high school quarterback. They, they, it was Quinn Ewers and C.J. Stroud were both at this camp. And I said, either way, whichever direction Ohio State goes, um, they're in good hands after Justin Fields because C.J. Can, can really throw it. I think, you know, the questions are going to be um, some of the, just some of the system stuff. There's not a lot of quote-unquote NFL mm-hmm. throws on that tape because he's throwing to, to guys, throwing to an NFL receiver room one, um, a lot of big windows, very small, you know, very few tight window throws, um, and very few under-duress throws. So um, – Again, I think you know, just in a nutshell, that's kind of those three guys and and that's what all the teams are going to spend the next four months trying to figure out which which guy's the right one for them, but they're all they're all very different.
3: Jim, I have a scouting question. Uh, another fellow former scout, Greg Gabriel, who's in the media now, got in a little Twitter beef today saying that he's hearing that a lot of teams have will Levis as a number one quarterback, and he argued that if Will Levis was throwing to the guys that Bryce Young or C j. Stroud was with he would have huge numbers too, but I look at Will Levis's numbers: nineteen touchdowns, ten picks, compared to forty touchdowns, five picks. When you're a scout, can you, do you look at the individual situation, the school? How hard is it to separate the situation from the talent?
2: Um, yeah, you have to look at you have to look at everything. Supporting cast matters. There's no there's no doubt about that. System matters. I think that that's why Justin Herbert, in my opinion, was probably the most misevaluated. Not just quarterback, but maybe player in the last ten or fifteen years. You know, you didn't look. What you, I mean, Justin had he had Penesul, um, who's a who's a darn good you know right tackle in the league, maybe the best right tackle. And the receiver, NFL, as we found I, he, out. Yeah, and receiver. He, he's a good guy out in the flat.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Convert security, first downs. A, yep.
2: Security blanket. But outside of, outside of that, Justin wasn't playing with NFL people. You know, and then and then you flip it where you know we brought up Mac Jones earlier. Mac was playing with four first round receivers and. Um, you know, same thing with Tua. We went over that with Tua, and Tua when Tua came out. Look at all these guys he's throwing to. So um, those, all those are factors, Andrew. And you, you just have to. What it, what it boils down to at quarterback, and this is, this is what's made scouting easier. I'll say this. Um, rather than back in the day when I started 25 years ago, you had to just spend hours and hours, you know, countless time on the tape, you know, fast forwarding and rewinding and trying to find throws. So with this digitized tape, you can really filter throws. You can filter under duress plays. You can filter tight window plays, and really you can boil down a quarterback. If you really want to know what's going to play at the NFL, I mean you could throw out 80 to 85 percent of the throws in a game and really watch about seven or eight throws a week, and that's going to tell you how he's going to handle an NFL like a muddy pocket and and uh, really tight coverage that you don't see a lot at the at the at the college level. So. Um, it, it has made scouting quarterbacks a little easier, or at least less, less time-consuming, I should say, yeah. um, just, just being able to filter through all, those, through all those categories.
3: Do you remember in 2000, I believe 17, where Maggie's guy, Josh Allen was it, was, it had to be a similar situation to Justin Herbert? Because I remember everyone pointed to his college stats and said, I don't know, is this guy really a top 10 quarterback?
2: Yeah, no, I, re- I remember Josh coming out. I was in Seattle, and and uh, we liked it. We we had Russell Wilson at the time, so nobody thought we were in the quarterback mix. But um, the two quarterbacks that we that that we kind of went down the road with in Seattle were Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So um, yeah, <laughs> we spent a lot of time on Josh, and and he was down here at the Senior Bowl, and and uh, I think the big the big knock on Josh was accuracy, but uh, he was one of those guys. If you look at Josh's junior year. He had a couple NFL guys. He had a, he had a, he had a running back at Wyoming that was drafted late. He had a tight end that has played in the league now for four or five years. His senior, he didn't have that at all. He didn't have a go-to guy. He didn't have a run game. So it was really, I mean, his, his junior tape was actually better than, than his senior tape. But again, I think a really good example of you, if you don't factor in supporting cast, um, I think you're doing the player wrong.
1: Jim, last one for me, and we're talking with Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, which is fast approaching. They're going to have a big announcement in a couple of days, uh, getting the rosters together. It's an exciting time of year. Um, obviously got a big game tonight between the 49ers and the Seahawks. You were uh, a scout for the Seahawks. You worked for them for a long time. Just can you give us an idea of what the conversations might be now with the Seahawks about the future of Geno Smith? I mean, its it's been a pretty amazing year for him, do you think they're seriously entertaining, like making him a twenty-five to thirty million dollar quarterback and just rolling with Geno? Uh,
2: yeah, I think they have to. I think he's made it hard on them, that's for sure. Because now they're in a position they've, they've never drafted. You know, they've never drafted way up high, um, and they haven't had a, a clear quarterback need in a, in a long time since whatever two thousand and. 11 or 12 when they got Russ. So it's it's been a long time, but Geno's put them in a in – a, it's a good spot to be in. They've won a lot of games with Geno, so they've got a pick right now that could be a top-five pick, and they could get one of these quarterbacks. Um, but Geno's played winning football, and I guess the question is, can we continue to build around Geno and get to where we need to get to, or do we need to go out and get a young guy? And, and that is what they are going to spend um, the bulk of this offseason trying to figure out, and I'm sure, they're, I'm sure there's already conversations like that happen.
3: Last one for me, Jim. Uh, There was a report today from Todd McShay, your former partner, that Jalen Carter, there's rumors about character issues. And a lot of people were upset about McShay putting that out there. Do you think the media and the draft media should talk about stuff like that, character issues? Because it kind of – there's a fear that it puts a label on a guy like Jalen Carter out of Georgia who could be a top three pick – Now he's got this to deal with. And I saw a lot of blowback for Todd today. What's your take on what the media's role on reporting that for draft prospects is?
2: Yeah, Todd got got beat up pretty good. Um, In this particular instance, I I think Todd was maybe a little bit strong, but I've seen a lot of things where people have said Todd's making it up or – you know a GM that's drafting you know later in the top ten or in the middle of the first round is he's lying for them. So they, so Carter slips like that's just preposterous. I'm like that's, <laughs> okay. just, that's 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 the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That Todd McShay would be a mouthpiece for for a GM to make a guy slide in the draft. I mean Todd's not a I mean a bad person would have to do that. Like Todd's a good guy. He would never. You know, try to impact a guy's draft. So, and again, this stuff doesn't come out of come out of thin air. Like this isn't draft guys that talk to people in the league. And Todd's well connected. They don't make this stuff up. Um, and again, I don't know to what degree. Again, I don't. I don't go into schools anymore like that. I think where, it, from my perspective as a former scout, where it gets slippery is now you're Jalen Carter, and this is out there. Now you're wondering, well, where did this come from? Right? Like, mm-hmm. where did? So you, we always, we always try to be really guarded. You know, the teams I work for is like, let's not get this information out because we don't want to burn the school either. Cause right now they, I'm, I'm sure this hasn't been a fun day in the Georgia football facility that uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Carter has some questions he's asking around the building. Like, what are y'all saying about me? Um, and when you're, you, as you guys know, coaches try to minimize distractions. This has probably been a massive distraction in Athens, Georgia today, as they're getting ready for a college football playoff. So, um the whole thing's kind of unfortunate I think I think Todd got beat up pretty good. Um and I get why some people are upset but he certainly didn't make anything up and I don't think he was trying to be malicious with Carter but um yeah just kind of kind of a kind of an unfortunate situation all the way around.
1: Jim can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Yeah, Love Jim, talking we, to you especially this time of year but yeah, anytime.
3: We saw the roster. You're going to have a killer senior bowl this, yeah, this year. Yes, it's going to be fun. Jim, it's <laughs> it's looking good, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, Hopefully we get this last quarterback, and uh, it might be the best one we've had in the five years I've been here. I'm, I'm excited. We've got 118 guys, and it's uh, going to be another great year. I appreciate you saying that. Hey, wait. What's
3: his name of the school that you made up in West Virginia where you have the quarterback from?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Shepherd. Shepherd. Right. Yeah. You are the only person.
3: <laughs> and is it, what's the quarterback's name? Is he, is he somebody to watch?
2: Yeah, Tyson Badgett. He could be uh he could be this year's Bailey Zappy.
1: There you so go. Yes. I, I
2: I posted something on social media about Tyson this summer, and within an hour I had three or four buddies in the NFL text me like, Hey, that this guy, this guy could be this year's zappy. So that's kind of what I've labeled him. I've told Tyson that I'm gonna call him that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just took they just they just finished up. They just got bounced out of the D two um national semis last weekend. So he's done playing. He had an unbelievable career. Most touchdown passes of any quarterback in college football history. So um, excited to get Tyson to Mobile. Awesome.
1: Exciting. Jim, thanks so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks, guys. Happy holidays.